Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone doing today? Blessed and favored, I'm sure. Well, here we are, the last Sunday of September. So how did everyone's month turn out? I have to say my month, if I had to rate it on a scale from one to 10, with one being the lowest and 10 being the highest, my month would be rated at an 11. (laughs) I'm serious. I had so much going on this month. But I must say, God definitely kept me busy. He kept me busy, as I'm sure he kept all of you busy as well. But we made it, right? We made it through September. And we're all happy to be here. So with that, I want to say, welcome. Welcome to the What Would K Say show. And for all my first-time listeners, hope that you like what you hear. Join us again next week if you do. And I want to remind everyone that Radio Free Brooklyn is a 5013C organization. And with that, it means that we rely on your donations to continue bringing you great broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when you're on our webpage, click the donate button. We greatly appreciate it and also anyone that wants to write me a message you can get me at what would k say at gmail.com or you can follow me on instagram wwk say today so now have you ever heard someone quote something be it a proverb or a scripture and wonder what does that really mean? Like, right? Like, I remember as a child growing up, my mother would always say these quotes. Like, she would say things like, until the cows come home or when pigs fly, right? And the funniest one that we would always crack up about is when she would say, when Hector was a pup. And we would look at each other and be like, who's Hector? You know, little things like that as a child, you remember. But there was always these sayings that people would say, and you'd be like, what does that even mean? So today, I thought I would do some research, right, on on something. It was actually a scripture that always used to baffle me. And I'd be like, what exactly do they mean by that? And I did the research, and now I'm going to talk about The scripture that I'm actually referring to is Matthew 11, 12. So today, I thought I would go through, do the research, give you guys what I found, and tell you what it is. So now, of course, I'm always reading from the the new King James Version. Matthew 11, 12 states, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, when I would hear that, I would be like, okay, I don't get it. What do they mean that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force? Because when you think about heaven, you're like, you're not thinking about violence going on up there. You know, other than the fact when, even when, even when God told Satan, he had to leave. I still didn't think of it as being violent because what what I didn't think of it them warring up there. You just would figure he put him out and he would go. You know, he kicked him out and that was the end of it. But 
I actually found some information, right? And it explains what that actual that scripture actually mean. So now this is what I found. Let's see. Um okay, the research that I found was in a book called Understanding the Difficult Words of Jesus. And it was written by David Biven and Roy Blizzard Jr. Now, they wrote this book to give insight to some of the original text from the Bible that was originally written in Hebrew and Greek. So it's just a little background of where I um, would be pulling my information from today. So you would know in case you wanted to get the book for yourself. Now, the authors begin by stating that this scripture is actually taken from another scripture. Now, when this occurs, it's called a remiz. Um, a remiz is a Hebrew word meaning hint or clue. And it was a technique used long ago by Jewish teachers and rabbis to point their audience to um, other biblical passengers. So when they were going to quote certain parts of the Torah, instead of saying the exact thing that was said the first time, they would do like a little part of it and then their, their students would know, oh, he's referring back to whatever the Torah said previously, right? So when Jesus said in Matthew eleven twelve, where am I? Lost my place. Okay, when Jesus said in Matthew eleven twelve, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, he was actually taking it from a scripture in Micah 2, 12 to 13. Now, when I looked at that, this is what it said. This is what Micah states. And it, that part of the scripture is talking about um, restoring Israel. And it says, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant, the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a fold in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their hand, right? So now the authors, now when I read that, I was like, okay, I don't see, what is he talking about? Suffer violence. I don't see anything of that in that, those two scriptures that I just read. So now the authors explain, this is how they explain it. When taking care of their flocks in open pasture, shepherds would build temporary pens to retain the sheep at night to stop them from wandering off into the darkness and becoming lost or killed by predators. The makeshift pens were usually small in size and the sheep were crowded into a confined space. So since the pens were constructed of whatever was available in the area like rocks or thorny bushes, although they were meant to protect the sheep, it would become very unpleasant and uncomfortable for the sheep, right? So the quarters were cramped and the, the movement was restricted as the sheeps were wedged in tightly together. It was hot, it was smelly, with no means of obtaining 
food or water. So just imagine that a sheep couldn't wait to be let out at daybreak so that they could roam around, eat, drink, and all do all the things that sheep do, you know, that they do during the day. So as the dawn began to break, the sheep would sense that it was time to be let out and they would become restless and anxious to leave their confinement. So here we go. In anticipation, the sheep began to push and shove, making a considerable amount of noise in the process. They would be ready, you know, to be released. So suddenly, in the midst of the increasing noise, confusion, and anxiety, the shepherd's helper, and he's called the breaker, he would come. Because, because that was, I mean, okay, think about it. If he heard all this noise, the sheep is making all these noise and he's out there to help the, the, um, the shepherd keep the sheep at bay while they are in these pens, right? So because he would hear all these noise, he would start to break down the walls of the pen because he knew it was time to let them out. So the flock by this time was already antsy because they're like, let us out of here. We've been in here all night, all on top of each other. So they would want to get out and all of them would be trying to get out, you know, the first one out the gate whenever this whole thing opened up so picture in your head you have a herd of sheep hundreds of them locked in an uncomfortable pen overnight when dawn breaks they start to become restless because they see the daylight coming and they know it's, they're going to be let out so the breaker begins to remove the walls of the pen and with every rock and thorny bush that he removes the sheep become increasingly restless so by this time, they're like out of control. So when the sheep realize that it's time, that it's time that everything is going to be opened up, they get so excited and they see like gaps of light coming through the wall. They start to push through the gap before it's really open. And this causes them to step on top of each other. So it's almost like it becomes like a stampede, right? Because like they're fighting to get out now because they cannot stand it that they've been locked up all night. So one could say that the sheep have become violent and taken the sheepfold walls by force as they push through the gap to break out, right? So once the walls have been fully breached, the shepherd appears and leads the sheep out of the fold and into the open pasture where they, you know, experience freedom, water, you know, food. They, they're more, they start to calm down because they're comfortable now because they're out of the pen. So now we have the background of what that scripture in Micah 2, 12 to 13 means, right? So let's see what the authors say about how it pertains to what Jesus was saying in Matthew eleven twelve. Now, this is what the authors say. In Matthew eleven twelve, the house of Israel is associated with sheep. We have been, they have been penned up like the, like the sheepfold at night, right? The people have been restricted and restrained by their religion, by their religious traditions and legalistic religious leaders, much in the way that the sheep were in the sheepfold. The people feel cramped and uncomfortable under the political and religious confinements of the day, yet they sense that a spiritual change is on the horizon. So with that, there is a feeling that the promised Messiah will soon appear and the people are restless for his appearance and deliverance from oppression. 
So many people are discerning the times and seasons with great anticipation. Jesus then compares John the Baptist to the breaker or the shepherd's helper as referenced in Micah 2, 13 to um, 12 to 13. John makes a breach in the wall and has opened the way. He is the spirit of Elijah as referenced in Malachi 3, 1 and 4, 5 and 6, who goes before the Lord to prepare the way by beginning to overthrow the abusive, controlling, and compromising political religious leadership of the day. The people become excited at all the messages that John has been saying as they see a new day dawning on the horizon and begin to break out of their confined and limited spiritual mentality. It is at this point that Jesus, the shepherd king, arrives to lead the sheep through the breach to spiritual nourishment, which is the food and water, and eternal life, which is the freedom. It is a universal picture of the kingdom of heaven, the power of God, bursting forth into the world um, and individuals within the kingdom experiencing the freedom that comes from spiritual power and deliverance. Jesus relates to his listeners the spiritual power that is available to available to those who break out of confining religious re, confining religion into into the freedom of kingdom living and personal relationship with their shepherd king. So the authors are actually the authors are actually telling us that when we look at Matthew 11:12 this is what we should understand about it. The ministry of John the Baptist, who is the spirit of Elijah, has breached the wall of abusive, legalistic government religion and the kingdom of heaven, the power of God, is being released upon the earth by Jesus, the Messiah. We know from Jesus's own words that the promise of the coming of Elijah was fulfilled once in the per in the person of John the Baptist, as they had said, you know, earlier, he had stated that. However, this prophecy also contains a deeper um, dimension of meaning that relates to the end of age. The words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twelve also is a foreshadowing of that which is to come. Before Jesus returns again, the spirit of Elijah, the breaker, will come but this time in the form of an anointing or movement rather than embodied in one person. So why the spirit of Elijah? Why the breaker anointing? It was Elijah, if you recall, who was instrumental in breaking down the overthrowing of the controlling and compromising prophets of Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well today and must be dealt with. The constraining walls of political correctness, religious ritual, self-righteousness, self-promotion, materialism, and compromise that is so prevalent within the world governments and the modern day church must be breached in order for the kingdom of heaven, the power of God, to burst forth into the world. God desires that his sons and daughters co-labor with him in bringing down these barriers so that Jesus can take control and lead the multitudes to spiritual nourishment and freedom. Now, when you hear, when I read all that, 
my mind was like, whoa, I always wanted to understand what that scripture meant. And now doesn't that sound exactly like what's happening today with all the protests and the civil unrest happening all over the world? The author continues on with the command for us to pray for the breaker anointing of the spirit of Elijah to be sent forth upon the face of the earth so that the kingdom of heaven may suffer violence and the violent may take it by force. Isn't that something? I was like, okay, now I understand what that means. I mean, that was like phenomenal, at least for me it was. I don't know how the rest of you felt about it, but I just wanted to share that because when I get certain when I get enlightenment on, on certain issues or scriptures or just an, a better understanding, I like to put that out there because I'm sure if I'm wondering about it, there's somebody out, somebody else out there wondering about it as well. I know I'm not the only one that may have had this cross their mind at one time or another. So when I found that I was like really excited, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to share this. So, and now I'm content. Because it's been years that I've been trying to figure out, what do they mean by that? And I could never quite find just that right person or that right pastor or that right minister that could actually break it down where I could say, mm, yeah, that makes sense to me. But now, when I read this, this made sense to me. So now, here we're going to have some music to help you digest all that we just took in. And I want to remind you that you have been listening to what would Kay say on Radio Free Brooklyn?
Funny how out of nowhere, life can bring us all to a pause. But it's so comforting to know that God's love seeks out the defenseless and covers us all in the trenches. I was in certain danger Caught in the crossfire of hope and regret Thought I could be my own savior But I'm sinking, sinking fast Cause it's too much to handle alone in the battle I'm desperate for you, love Heart under fire Facing defeat So close to surrender To my enemy But love came from heaven To fight for me When I am defenseless You're climbing the trenches The trenches with me from the beginning uh, you found my pain you have been where i've been and i hear you say it is finished it is written we win in the end heart under fire face in defeat so close to
Yes, we're living through some tough times, but don't you dare forget how blessed you are. Tell God thank you. Keep sinning. Blessing after blessing. Lord, you just keep sinning. Blessing after blessing. Ooh, Lord, you just keep sinning. Blessing after blessing. selection that we just heard and now I want to go into op-ed so op-ed this week a lot going on as always I haven't had a week in op-ed honestly since I started op-ed on the show I have not 
had a week in op-ed where I was actually sitting here saying, hmm, what am I going to talk about in op-ed today? I haven't had a week like that. And I'm really kind of looking forward to a week like that where I actually have nothing to discuss in op-ed. But that's, of course, that's impossible. There's always something of controversy going on in the news. So now the latest controversy on top of all the other controversy is the um the fo- the ruling that came down concerning Breonna Taylor's um uh death, the shooting death, you know, of Breonna Taylor. Now, the uh attorney general and his name is Daniel Cameron he read quite um as I, I as i'm looking when i saw him reading all the information that he was given on the the um what do you call those the news things you know when they stand up there and talk in front oh my gosh why am i at such a loss for words today um when he stood up there and did the press conference oh my gosh the press conference that's the word i was looking for as he was giving the press conference and the way he was just speaking about everything, it was like, to me, it sounded very rehearsed, very scripted. And of course, you know, he's going to get his words together before he stands up there and says it. But even in watching him say it, it was almost like not real. You know, it was like, you know, you were actually just looking at him and he was just speaking and the charges that was brought against the one officer didn't even pertain to her death. It had to do with the neighbors. The, the, it had to do with the bullets that went into the neighbor's apartment. So it's almost still like as if you haven't recognized what happened to her in her apartment. That's what was baffling about the entire thing. You give this speech and it's talking about the um, indictments that were brought down against one of the officers that had to do with something that he did that endangered another apartment, not even the apartment where she actually died in. So it had nothing to do with the fact of the apartment, the whole them entering without knocking. And although they said they did not, I mean, it's just so much controversy coming out now and it's all these months later but on top of it, 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 what also bothers me is, and I don't know if this should bother me or not, but the fact that her family received a large sum of money, as they usually do when they have these wrongful deaths, they always settle with the families for a large sum of money. But whenever I hear about those large sums of money, it all, it, it brings me back to the auction block of when they used to sell us off as slaves. It's almost like they're saying, okay, that one, that one was worth this amount of money and okay, case closed. That's it. Next, next one on the auction block. It's almost like every time somebody is killed unjustly, I'll just write a check. They'll be okay. You know, and it's 
when does it get to the point where it's not just throwing money, throwing money just to, okay, just get the, let them be quiet because all they want is money anyway. So just give them money. They're always looking for reparations anyway. So, okay, write the check, give them the reparation they're looking for. We'll say whatever and it'll go away. When does that ever, when is that ever going to stop? Where it's not just, oh, just give them the money, just write the check. Because in the, at, at, when you really think about it, the money is coming from all of us, the citizens, well, not us, because we don't live in Kentucky, but in New York, when we are, when they're making those settlements, that money's coming out of taxpayers' money. That money's coming from us. It's not the city really losing anything. It's not coming out of their budget. Well, yeah, it is coming out of their budget, but it's taxes that we paid already anyway. So they're like, okay, just write the check. This is, uh, this is what that head was worth. Next. You know, it's like they do the gavel. Next. It's like, I don't know. It's just so disheartening. But that's what they did. And then you have the president, our POTUS, standing up there saying, yes, you know, he followed every letter of the law. So I'm very proud of him. He handled it very, you know, he handled it correctly. Very, very proud of him. Very proud of him. Of course you would be. Of course you would be proud of him. He didn't do anything. You, you're proud of everyone who doesn't do anything because they're like you. You don't do anything. But anyway, it is, I don't know. It's just, it's like when, you know, when is it enough? When is someone just writing a check? When is that, when is that going to stop? You know, just, just write them a check, just write them a check. And the bigger the amount of money, oh yeah, the more money we give them, the, the more we could just really just do whatever we want at this point. You know, I'm like, stop with just the writing of the checks because the checks doesn't change anything. The check doesn't bring the person back, you know? So what are you giving me this check for? I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But we have that. We have um, Corona on the uptick here in Brooklyn in certain neighborhoods. And I actually saw on the news, um, it's Jewish neighborhoods, of course, that have this upswing now of, you know, coronavirus cases. It's Borough Park, it's um, Williamsburg, you know, probably because of the Jewish holiday that just passed and they were all gathering. Not that they couldn't gather, but they weren't wearing masks and they weren't social distancing. So they were actually out there arguing with the leaders, you know, the healthcare professionals that was out there telling them that they needed to wear masks. But of course, you know, they were arguing their case, whatever the case was of why they didn't have to wear a mask. Either way, people wear your mask because Corona is still out there, regardless of what you may see. Um, of course, you know, I hope everyone registered who wasn't registered the, you know, past Tuesday, the 22nd. I hope everyone registered for the vote. And we, um, we have... Coming up, CNN is going to present the movie. Um, actually, it's tomorrow, September 27th at 9 p.m. CNN is going to premiere the movie about the life of John Lewis, the congressman, you know, 
it's going to be called Good Trouble. And then we have on September 30th, the census, which is due. Please, people, I hope you go and fill out the census. With that, final day of, well, final Sunday of September, our word still carries forth. Commit. Remember that. And our promise for today is going to be, our promise today is going to come from Deuteronomy 29.9. Keep, therefore, the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that you do. So with that, I want to say, be a blessing to one another. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Help one another out. And until we meet again, God willing, peace. Come on, clap your hands. Oh, God's going to get the glory.
praise. Just humble servants through sweat and tears. So no more fears. Singing the glory of the gospel out to every ear. You cover me with grace and a love so unconditional. It's got me on my face every day, God. Ay, goes the praise of the saints. Ay, goes my praise every day, yeah. Come on. 